0: And we are back with another episode of how about them Celtic seminar here recording on Wednesday January 31st you guys are listening to this on the first day of February it's weird that it's already February I don't know if that's just me it feels like January is gone in like the blink of an eye well that it didn't that's actually happen
1: when happens when I you know. just work nonstop
0: it's crazy man it's weird
1: it's so so busy every day that the days fly by <laughs> well the days
0: as you get older days and years and stuff like time goes by quicker. Because my dad, like, explained this to me. Because, like, I mean, that's, I feel like that's a common feeling, right? Like, we've like, had oh, this goes talk so fast. before. I know. Because I, I find know. it interesting. Yeah, my dad, like, when I was younger, like, in high school or middle school or whatever, I asked him about it. And he's like, yeah, well, I mean, it makes sense when you think about it this way. Like, when you are two days old, one day is half of your life. And so, like, that's pretty long time. The older you get, each day is, like, a smaller fraction of your life. And so it's just, like. It just it feels quicker because in the in the grand scheme of, you know, your your time on the planet, it it is quicker, uh, which fucks with my head every time I say it out loud. And it did the exact same thing. You're dying
1: (laughs) soon, buddy. Get get ready for your family to (laughs) gather around at the funeral
0: it's insane very weird anyways how are you sam now that we've gotten the uh stench of death uh, out of the way off the podcast
1: seeing how i'm getting on a flight in the morning <laughs> fingers crossed how great would that be you're just hey. relieved of all duties
0: you make those jokes all you want uh for you right <laughs> the not for me
1: <laughs> yeah it's more fun when you're there no, I, I, I am wait. like excited for my flight though because like i don't ever have time to just sit and I probably still won't sit because I'm doing that two for one article. And I'm like, I'm like yeah. a third of, or the quarter of the way done with it. So I'll probably do some work on that, but I can just watch movies if I want. Yeah. Maybe watch Chucky again. <laughs> did I talk about Chucky on the podcast after I, I watched it? I it? think did. You, you watched
0: it on a plane and thought it was funny, I right? Hope they have
1: Chucky too. <laughs> That fucking feet. doll is hilarious. It just <laughs> scrambles around, killing people. Sequel Ooh. never better than the original, though. That's what they always say. There that are is. sequels that are better than the original.
0: Like what? I don't watch Spider-Man 2. Okay, <laughs> I should have. I could have guessed. Sure. Okay. Uh, uh I don't know. I, I, I can't tell you anything past That's that. That's two,
1: right? That's like two and five seconds.
0: I believe you. I I sure. Yeah, why not? Yeah. Um, anyways, this is a Celtics. It'll be podcast. A
1: six sequels a back to back championship.
0: Uh, <laughs> they need to get one first. <laughs> let's let's get let's get to the one and then we'll we can start th- talking about sequels. We'll we'll bring it back to this. We'll do a little throwback. Anyways, this is a Celtics podcast. Let's talk about the Celtics. Um Celtics have shown an interest in Rockets forward, Jay Sean Tate. I was I paused because I wasn't sure what position he classified as, yeah, but forward. This comes from an article, uh Kelly Iko, Ico, uh Shams, Charania, may uh, and what? Sorry, pronounced that wrong. Uh, and they wrote, alternatively, Jay Sean Tate, who league sources is, is attracting interest from the likes uh of Boston and Phoenix is movable. Now, uh, for those wondering, because I'm sure th- the question everyone's screaming at their uh computer right now, does he fit in the TPE? TPE. TPE, does, does, TPE, he, TPE. does he fit in the TPE well. The answer to your question. Yes, he does. Uh, No, he doesn't. Wait. Technically, see, I'm going to need to fact check this because TPE is 6.2. He makes 6.5. However, there's a thing where you can go like X amount over a TPE, like 125. You know what would be really (laughs)
1: great is if the NBA just made like hard boundaries and they're like, you can't go over this line no matter what.
0: But I actually don't know. Every single
1: like line in the NBA has like, well, you can go over like Mm -hmm. the salary cap. You can go way over. We're just going to handcuff you. But you spend all the money you want. Now, I maybe don't change that now. Wait till the Celtics are done with whatever run they're going to have with this group, and then you can clap down when other teams get good. But just, like, the most flexible, like, or <laughs> forgiving salary cap restrictions so, all over.
0: This was the – unfortunately, this was far more difficult to figure out than I thought it would be Um in terms of, like – I wish I could have just said, yes, he is, or no, he's not. I believe the answer, unfortunately, is he does not fit into the TPE. I believe the final answer is no. Um, He cannot. I'm trying to double check with Spotrack.
1: Asked for your final answer.
0: I I think the answer is no because when I plug it into Fanspo, Celtics do not have available cap space or a suitable TPE to sign Tate. Um, So I believe it's no. So they would need to cut 6.5 ish million dollars, which it could also just mean Svi Lamar Stevens and Delano Ban. So there is there is pathways for the
1: Celtics to do clear it without giving up spots. any of their. Um,
0: <clears throat> it would clear roster spots. Um, you can bring
1: in Tony Blake Snell and or Tony, Tony Snow. Snell <laughs> and greatest rounder of all time, Andre Drummond.
0: <laughs> so there is a pathway for Jayson Tate. He does not fit in the TP barely. Sorry for the confusion there. Um, but he is a fine player. He fits sort of the mold that I think, you know, the Najee Marshall-esque mold, or he's not as good of a shooter. Uh, he's a forward, but he's only 6'4", so he he's, like, not, like, big. Uh, he's averaging 4.7 points, 3.4 rebounds this year, um, shooting 47.6 from the field, 29.2 from 3 on low volume. He's a fine player. He's only... Oh, God, he's 28 years old. I lied. He's only been in the league. Yeah, years, but he's it stuck up around. on you,
1: didn't it? Because um, I was going to say said, he was all rookie like three seasons ago, but he was an old rookie.
0: That said, he makes 6.5 this year, but he makes 7 million next year, so he could be a potential, okay, here's salary and a trade. It, it seems unlikely that they package three players, but at the very least, I suppose that this report could indicate that they are willing to sort of package some of those bottom-of-the-roster guys to make a move. Um which is interesting in and of itself. But yeah, thoughts on Sean Tate, Sam, any, any backbreaking
1: insight here into the Rockets guy well, three point shot isn't really exciting, but yeah. in the past, he's been a pretty solid player. If I'm not mistaken, I think I wrote about him on like a floater piece for um, yeah. fan sided. Yeah. He's been a decent to bad three point shooter. It's not really his game. Actually, his career high was 31% on 2.6 attempts per game. The yeah. last two seasons, he has not been very good. He has but, never
0: averaged at least one a game, which is yeah. not great.
1: <laughs> not not the greatest. Uh, But his first two seasons in the NBA, he was averaging upwards of 11 points a game, and he's just fallen off as the team has gotten better. So when you look at things like that, it's like, ah, does he really contribute to winning as the Rockets have gotten better? He has played less. Is he somebody mm-hmm. you want to gut your bench for?
0: I don't think so. I, I like, and he's fine, right? Like, this isn't like O.J. Sean takes a bad player. He's just not what, like you said, like you, that's not the guy you you trade it for. That's not the guy you go all in on. Um, so cool that they're interested. It, it's intriguing, I suppose, but it, I don't know. It does, it does, it makes more sense for Phoenix than it does for Boston, in my opinion, because I mean they could just use defenders and, and bodies that are good at basketball uh, at this yeah. point down there. But I, I don't know. I'm not a big fan of it. <clears throat> Next thing. Uh, Joe Missoula is something I wrote about uh, for Celtics blog. Um, The mentality that Joe Missoula has brought all season. um, Shout out Celtics blog editor extraordinaire, Bill Sy, who's a legend who sort of gave me the alley-oop on this one. I was looking for stuff to write about last night after the Pacers game. Uh, Last night as a recording, this, I should say. Uh, And He said, I think somebody should write about Joe Missoula. And I said, I can if you want. And he brought up the idea of the Celtics have sort of adapted the personality of their coaches, right? Like under Brad Stevens. They overachieved a lot. <clears throat> they were much better than than people expected them to be. Brad Stevens was an on-court, you know, tactician. Uh, he was widely regarded as one of the best coaches in the league. Uh, Ime Adoka came in. They got tougher, right? He called them out publicly. It felt like they sort of took that criticism and translated it into on-court success uh, by ways of you know thickening their skin a little bit. Now Joe Mazzulla is in town. <clears throat> this Celtics team has adapted that. Experience and, and overachieving that they had under Brad Stevens, the toughness and sort of ability to take criticism under yumi Udoka. What do they need now? They need the mentality. This team is good enough to compete for a championship. They have the talent. They have the the players who can go out there and win playoff games uh, at a consistent level. They need the mentality to get them there, and that's exactly what Joe Mizzou, Joe Missoula, excuse me, has brought. Like. After their win over the Rockets on January 13th, he said, we're just going to sit back and be happy after every win. That's an unhealthy relationship with success, and it's going to come back to bite us in the ass. The healthiest relationship to have with success is to understand that you can still get better, uh, and I think that's the space we have to live in. Same time, after losses, he's like, there's nothing we can do but learn from it and move on. So he is very even-keeled. They don't get excited after wins. They don't get you know, depressed after losses. They're just, we are going to move on to the next game, game to game. Before the Pelicans game, he was talking about the Clippers game. He goes, I think humility is always good. I think a world can probably learn a little bit, uh, a thing or two about that because we don't lose a lot. The times that we do, we're a bit more attentive. And that's why I say winning can be a distraction. The hardest thing to do, I think, is to continue to win and have to get better as a team. You can just get comfortable. Right. And again, there are lessons uh, that you would learn or excuse me. Are there lessons you would learn if you would have won the game? I know it's an unpopular thing to say, where like sometimes if you win a game you don't think you deserve to win, it takes away from the lesson that you need to learn. And sometimes you lose a game that you think you deserve to win. Uh, So the other day, referring to the Clippers loss, he said, it's all just about taking in the information and applying it to the next game. And then the quote that probably gives Sam a hernia, uh, after the Pelicans game, where they were down by 17 and came back to win, he goes, I hope a game like that happens 10, 12 more times so we can get rid of the entitlement that we're supposed to always be winning. So I hope we blow leads. I hope all that happens. I really do. I think that's uh, what I... So that's what I think. I think it's just like at times we're supposed to be winning all the time, and that's just not the case. So we have to stay the course, and that's the key. I hope we get 10 more games like that. I don't want to be in a position where everything goes our way. And so whatever we have to go through, it's important for us. And I think the endurance uh, is a physical and mental endurance, and you have to learn how to win games all the time, and you can't take that for granted. And it's just a very, like all season he's talked about the on-court stuff and the, obviously that's important like you look at the 2 2 zone defense the emphasis on post-ups right the, the changes in the offensive game and just overall like he's brought new stuff to the table but like it's been 50-50 that and 50 percent like we just need to have the right mindset to win these games and i i think that is exactly what this celtics group needs um at this time as they compete for a title
1: did you see the thing where it was like he goes out there 80% of the time just trying to win. And then 20% of the time he's kind of fucking around to see if they can win while he's fucking around trying out stuff.
0: (laughs) No, but that's funny.
1: (laughs) I forget. I saw it on Reddit as we were like starting the show. I forget who the reporter was that put it out, but I think that was like official. So you can, you know, claim that if you want, but yes, like I, we were both in the room when he was talking about the entitlement. I think the entitlement is true. Like, I mean, I kind of feel it a little bit, admittedly, you hear me talk on the show. I'm like, they should literally never lose. And I believe that to an extent, like the team's good. Do I think that they should win just because they show up? No. And that's something, if you listen to the show all the time, you also like, no, like I think they have to work hard and I want to see them work hard on defense more than anything, because that's where you can earn wins when things aren't going well on offense. That's where you can buckle down and change the game, muck it up for the other team and take control. Um, In regards to the team, having the correct mindset, it's so important. And I think we have touched on this before when the e return was happening and people were like, we like e And e might have been the right coach for last year's team. A lot of those guys that were here, Smart, Grant, uh, anybody else that left that I'm missing off the top Rob. of my head? I, Rob. Those I don't think Rob really fits in this category. Smart and Grant were a little bit more in, in the like hard-ass, they yeah. are going to make their presence known category and I think Udoka was great for wrangling those guys and, and keeping them in line and making them play the best that they can play. I think Missoula is the perfect guy for this group because he's preaching mindset. This is a team that has all the talent they have all the ability. We've seen teams like this in the past fail because they just couldn't get it together in the chemistry lane. look at the 2019 mm-hmm. Celtics they were supposed to steamroll everybody. You had the weird Kyrie said he's going to stay. Then he left Hayward trying to recover from his injury and trying to get back in the lineup. Isn't really sure what his role is Tatum and Brown coming off a massive Eastern conference finals run where they feel like they've earned more respect. Also Rogier, too in that group, and they should be having more responsibility within the offense and Horford. Who's also on a contract year and they fall apart because they just can't gel Missoula being the glue guy. In, in really forcing his players to come together and stay focused on the ultimate goal rather than getting too caught up on the day-to-day is super important. Yes, he always talks about they want to get better game to game. But this is not a team that's going to dwell if they lose. You saw them lose the Clippers game. They came out a bit slow against the Pelicans, and they said that's enough. They played pretty well against the Pacers. When things started going the other way when the pacers got themselves back in the game they didn't panic and i feel like we see less panic in this team and that's credit to joe mm-hmm. the nfl season is wrapping up and there's still time to get in on the action with FanDuel, america's number one sports book right now new customers get 150 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a five dollar bet that's 150 bucks in bonus bets win or lose now the app is so easy to use and there are so many different ways to bet like live same-game parlays, find bets in the new Explore tab, make a parlay in the Parlay Hub, the best way to find popular parlays, and more. So visit fanduel.com Boston and make your first bet a layup, FanDuel, official partner of the NFL.
0: fell i agree the quote from porzingis uh he said we all understand what our goal is but we don't have, don't want to only have that in our minds as coach said yesterday uh, we have to live that life lifestyle we have to live the life day to day we have to put in the work and in the end if we put in the work we'll achieve the results but it has to be a daily focus not always keeping uh only the big goal in our minds uh we're keeping that in mind and then porzingis also said i think joe is very smart very mindset driven you know it's so important the mindset mentality is that's just who he is. He does jujitsu. He plays chess. He's always trying to evolve as a coach and as a person. He transmits that to us. He's a young coach, but I think he's very smart. The first quarter I read was October 3rd. The last one was last night. This has been the entire season since training camp of Joe saying it's win day to day, like consistently preaching mindset. And I, I think it, it has completely changed the outlook of this team, J- Drew Holiday, after the Pacers win. What do they say sports is? 10% physical, 90% mental. It's the end of January, beginning of February. We know that teams are going to go through lulls mentally and physically. It's kind of a stalemate. Mentally, you have to be able to come in every game, perform the way you're supposed to. Uh, Missoula preaches a lot of mentality, the ability to be strong mentally because obviously down the road, when things get tough, you can always rely on that. Another part of what I think has been so important to Joe and and so valuable to this team is, is a quote he said after Derek White's slump. He was talking about the slump and how he broke out of it. He goes, I want to know if we can get to a point where we don't lose the confidence. I think we shouldn't lose the confidence. That's a result oriented approach. I don't have like, I don't have confidence in myself. And I said to him after the game, I was like, why would you not? You delivered all the time. You're one of our best players. We need you to be great. And I said, I'm not taking you out of the game. I'm not yelling at you. You have nothing to worry about. And I think the the quote in there that stood out to me most that I think a lot of people were like, or one of the comments like bashed And I want to Dissect quickly. He said it's that's a result-oriented approach, saying, like, that's not how, what we should do. Obviously, you want the results, right? You want to win games. But I what Missoula is saying, like, what's more valuable in these spots in the regular season are learning, even if there are mistakes. Like, like it, it's the process that matters. It's the process of getting the good shot. It's the process of of making sure your efforts are there on defense and executing the defensive schemes. It's the process over results. Obviously that's a luxury the Celtics have because they're good enough to just win games on their talent and so they can they can have that mindset. But that's why Joe is so good for this team. Like the comment on the article <clears throat> said um the problem with emphasizing process over results is that results are how you evaluate the process. That's not like like you would just completely miss the point of what Joe is saying by saying that. The process is if you run the offense correctly, you will get an open shot. The result is if the shot goes in. And that's just a matter of making or missing the shot. You can't coach a guy to make or miss a shot. The process of defense is making sure the effort is there and then executing it you know, in the correct way. If they make a tough shot, that's the result. Like You can't base the process of your good defense on the fact that they made a tough shot. And so I think what Joe is preaching, and to this, like you said, this group that is clearly talented enough and and clearly in a spot where they all they want to do is win, having a guy who is so set on preaching this mindset of focus on the process, focus game to game, don't get too high, don't get too low, we'll get through the season no matter what. Like that that is perfect for the Celtics team. And, and I think when I was talking to Bill about it last night when I was writing, I think that's what Brad knew would happen when he said, "Yeah, let's let's make Joe the head coach." Like he knew these guys, he knew who Joe was as a person, and he knew Joe knew these guys as well. And and it's been A year-long, you know, (laughs) didn't go great the first year, obviously, in terms of the result, the ending. Full offseason, full year of experience now that he's, you know, now that he knows he's going to be the head coach (laughs) heading into this season rather than just having it thrust upon him, you're seeing the results of a damn good basketball team with a damn good mindset. This might be the best mindset the Celtics have had since the 08 Celtics.
1: Like, Like, truly. Another like hat tip thing to Brad is it really feels like he got the right personnel to play under Missoula too. Yes. He brought in a couple of guys in Porzingis and uh, Drew Holiday that kind of had not as much to prove as an individual, more so as like they can be winning players. I mean, Holiday won a championship in Milwaukee and was a starter and an all-star and all that. But Porzingis is somebody that was on the Knicks and they weren't successful. He was on those Mavericks teams and he was like somebody that didn't play well in the playoffs and was a scapegoat. And then he was on the Wizards, who were ass. So he's finally looking to actually compete in the NBA. He's obviously going to make sacrifice. Holiday has already been there, and he probably has a chip on his shoulder because of how things ended in Milwaukee. Regardless if he'll say it or not, these guys are absolutely going to buy into whatever you're trying to sell them. Playing next to two talented guys like Tatum and Brown and Horford, a great vet, they're going to be in, not to mention Derek White.
0: Yeah. I agree. I'm just like reading all the quotes. It's very evident that it's mindset over everything for this team because they have the talent, and uh, that's not to say Joe's not bringing stuff on the court. Like I said before, you got the zone, the defensive schemes, you know, the 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 free safety for Drew Holiday, the offensive post up stuff. Like he's bringing all that stuff. But I think at this point with this team, mindset's more important, and that's what he's been emphasizing. But
1: and we're gonna circle back to that later. You can move on, but. Later on, there's going to be a point where I want to talk about this mindset type thing again. Sure.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Sounds good to me. All right. Next Celtics thing we got uh, is Malcolm Brogdon felt unappreciated in Boston. This was an article from Jason Quick of The Athletic. Uh, Brogdon said, when I was first traded, I viewed it as an opportunity. I really did. You can ask people around me how my energy was in training camp. I was excited to be here. I was excited to be with a championship coach. And I was excited to go from a place where I wasn't valued to a place where I am very valued. Uh, is that him talking about going from Boston to Portland or is that from talking? Indeed. Okay. Wow. Interesting. Uh, at times uh, I was there for a year, one six of a year and they shipped me out. Like I didn't feel very valued there here. I feel valued. Portland has embraced me and I've enjoyed being coached by Chauncey. Do you mm-hmm. want to start? Or do you want me to start?
1: <laughs> I'll start. Right, about right. this one today on yeah. blog. So a few things here. I think first and foremost, we'll go into the Joe wrinkle of this. Uh, Brogdon gave two little blurb quotes on feeling underappreciated. Both of them, he mentions the coach. I was excited to be with a championship coach in Chauncey Billups, who has won a title as a player, was an assistant with the Clippers, and then has coached this Blazers team. So he has never won a title as a coach. He's never even made it past the second round as a head coach, or or a coach at all. Sorry. He then goes back. In the second excerpt, and says, I've enjoyed being coached by Chauncey. When Brogdon left the Celtics, it was after three months of, is he mad that he was about to get traded? It was also after a month, a month after ish, when Joe was like, hey, Derek White's our starter. I'm sure Brogdon wasn't thrilled about that. And this is not to say that Derek White doesn't deserve to be the starter. If you're in the NBA and you're a six-man-of-the-year caliber player, somebody like Brogdon who has started on the Bucs when he was there, he's started for the Pacers, and he sacrificed a bit to join the Celtics, came off the bench. He definitely thought he was next up when Marcus left, or he was traded. Fast, or or rewind even further. After Game 7 of the Eastern Conference Finals, he... I think he told the athletic that he wasn't thrilled with the offensive mindset of the team and preferred that they would prioritize defense. These are all little things that point back to Joe. And now you have him coming out and being like, Yeah, like coaching's great in Portland. Like, is it? Were not people calling for Belbs to be fired last year? At, at some point.
0: There were periods where stuff yeah. like was coming up.
1: Like, is he really that great? I don't think so. So I think number one. Biggest takeaway for me is this is a shot at Joe.
0: I suppose I don't know. It it this feels very obviously it's all hindsight because he's not on the team anymore. But like, he, yeah, no shit, he felt underappreciated. He got traded. Like, duh. Yeah, <laughs> like... I mean that's the other thing. No <laughs> shit. Yeah, of course. <laughs> um, I don't know. It, I I think all the stuff he's saying about Trailblazers is bogus. Also, like I viewed it as an opportunity. Uh, I was excited to be here, championship coach. Wasn't valued too, very valued. No shit, they value you. They suck. What, are you like what? Well, do they and, value like,
1: him? Here,
0: this, is, another... this is my, yes, this yeah. is where I was going. Like he goes, I felt very valued and then they traded me. Buddy, they're looking to trade you too. Yes. Are you stupid? Are you like, is he blind? Like I, that's the part I don't care. And uh, first of all, I like, I have nothing wrong with him saying this. Like, sure, like I, it makes sense. You felt undervalued. I get his point of you. You. for sure. I totally I understand just think it. The and I, I don't. It's weird. Yeah. Sure, but I don't think like people like it shouldn't make you dislike Brogdon. Like, if you were traded by a team, you'd feel that way too. It's fine, but like to say, like, they shipped me out and I didn't feel very valued. Do you read anything? Are you looking anywhere? Like, you're one of the biggest names in trade rumors because Portland is rebuilding. Like, how is that any different from what happened? I, I don't know. It just feels yeah. like it feels like a very self centered thing to not realize that, like. It, it's it's bigger than that. Also, <laughs> I understand that as a basketball player, you always feel like you're the best option. You always fight for yourself. Come on, buddy. Like, like have some realism here. Like, y- y- I don't know. It just, anyways, I'll let you go. Well,
1: he doesn't suck. I think fine in, player. The, in the summer, there was reason to at least say there was a discussion about who would start for the Celtics, if that's what you're talking about. I now... I'm biased now. It's much clearer. Like, Derek White has had a breakout season, he's been nothing short of excellent. Like, this is nothing to do with the way he's played. But at the time, I'm biased,
0: uh, I'm biased because I was always in on Derek White and I was very low on Malcolm Brogdon. That's fine,
1: it is what it is. But here's the only thing that I will say to defend Brogdon's I feel valued. So, he feels like he's a talented player. The Celtics disagreed. Or whatever. They didn't agree enough to keep him around, right? They trade him to Portland, a team that has no use for somebody as talented as Brogdon. They just don't. Whether you're high on him or not, he really doesn't fit there. They're trying to play Scoot. He can be a mentor to Scoot, but they really want Scoot to be the focal point. Brogdon's not going to be out there trying to will them to wins. Them, the, the Trailblazers valuing Brogdon is different than the Celtics valuing Brogdon because... The Trailblazers method of valuing Brogdon is being like, you're too good to be here. Go play somewhere where you can compete. So if they're trying to trade him somewhere, it's like, he's like, yeah, respect. Thank you. Like, it's kind of what happened with the Pacers where like, they were like, hey, like, we're going to go this direction. Do you want to go play for Toronto? Do you want to go play for Boston? Like, if you're Brogdon, like, oh, wow, like they value me. They don't want me to rot away here. They think I'm worth more than this. So thank you. So I can see that. um,
0: Sure. Yeah.
1: And I think Jeff Clark told us today in, in the Celtics blog Slack when I was putting this together, he was like, go look and like see what else he had to say, like when he left other teams. So when he left Milwaukee, he kind of like trashed that they wouldn't let him play point guard. Yeah, He was like, he was like yeah, like they're playing me at shooting guard. Like I want to play point guard. I think like that's the best possession of position to lead from. So maybe he had a problem with Milwaukee's leadership, too. Uh, and then they went and won a title after he left. But Mhm. It's not like the first time he's come out and been like, Yeah, like this team that I'm not on anymore didn't love it. Yeah.
0: I I mean, I don't know. It it makes sense, I guess, if you dislike the team, you know, after you trade it. Where where do you think he ends up? Do you think he's on Portland by the time the trade line comes and goes? Or do you think there's a landing spot for him?
1: I mean, I haven't been reading a ton of the rumors, but nothing that we've heard seems to have stuck. Mm. He makes what twenty million dollars, so the Knicks could trade mm-hmm. Fournier and then other assets I'd, to lure. I would that. I would really like Orlando.
0: I think that'd be sick.
1: Orlando could be a place, and he could actually play there. Like he could have a bigger role.
0: Mm-hmm. They could
1: trade Fultz or some other filler deal, and then give them assets.
0: Oh, it's gonna be Philly, isn't it? It's, it's gonna be Philly.
1: I mean, they have those assets. Yeah, they could yeah. Do Philly. He's going to end up playing the
0: Celtics in a series and he's going to miss all the layups in the world. And everyone's gonna I mean, all the days. teams
1: that we mentioned are Eastern Conference teams. So it's like, yeah, he's probably going to end up being around to <clears throat> well, at least there... get the chance to play the Celtics.
0: Yeah, there are some in the West, but it's just less like like the Lakers, the Pelicans make sense. Oh, the yeah. Jazz you probably could use something, I guess. but
1: Lakers are getting yeah.
0: everyone. <clears throat> of course, of course. Anyways, yeah. So Malcolm Brogdon had that to say about the Celtics. Anyways, next thing we got, Jason Tatum uh, is... Second in the NBA in jersey sales. This is going to be quick, but he finished second. I, I mean, there's not much else to say past that. Uh, he, he was ahead of guys like LeBron and, and Giannis, which I was kind of surprised about. Like, Steph is the only one who's ahead of him. I don't know. Am I wrong for being surprised at that? Like, that is kind of wild that he sold more jerseys this season than LeBron and Giannis and Wemby and Luka. Like, that. am, am
1: I? Like, that's not. You know what the best part of uh, him selling more than LeBron is?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: LeBron keeps changing his fucking number. So people have to keep <laughs> buying his uniform. Yeah. So respect to Tatum for out outdoing him. This is mm-hmm. kind of cool from a, a fan standpoint. Like you can be like, the Celtics finally have a guy that is just like that a substantial, dude. where everyone's yeah. like, let's let's go buy his uniform, let's go buy his jersey. Like who was the last guy you think was like that for the Celtics? Garnett, maybe. I
0: guess. But even that, I feel Kyrie, like Kyrie. Kyrie was at think-
1: the top of these. They, I they think like Tatum
0: that. is more popular nationally than any Celtic since Larry. You
1: know generally. what the best, my favorite of this is, is Maxi being higher than Embiid.
0: Yeah, well, I feel like it's part weird. of that is, I think lo- what you said, like LeBron is there because he keeps changing number. Like everyone probably already had an Embiid jersey, and Maxi is just bursting yeah. of the season, so they're probably getting Maxi jerseys. Um, but this is crazy. I will say my friends are big Tatum haters for whatever reason. No. <clears throat> They text me, they goes I hate how they're you know upping Jason Tatum for being second in jersey sales. Who reps being second, not first? I said, Shut the fuck up. You guys are losers. You fucking what a bomb. <laughs> fuck you, Mike. <laughs> um, all right. That was it though. He's second in jersey sales. We can move on to the email uh, and see what y'all had to say. But first, let's give away some popcorn. When Reminder:
1: start saying this at the beginning at of the, the start.
0: Show. I know. Comment what's popping on the video uh, for a chance to win a ten dollars in Bob Nidor gift card. We are going to start saying it at the start once we remember. Um, but until then, you have a good chance to win if you do comment because there's only two entries today. Did you put the <laughs> so, guy from Twitter?
1: <laughs> uh, no. Was there a guy on Twitter? Remember the guy that was like, "What's popping, our assholes?" After the Clippers got that. Uh, I did. I did last time.
0: I didn't. Was just he, put he Twitter to... guy? Okay. 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 Did he want to be entered? please <laughs> well, he said it. Sure. There's three. Let's spin the wheel. Sue's winning some popcorn today.
1: Twitter guy deserves a shout just because he was funny. There you go.
0: <laughs> the other Who's two entries just fell
1: their knees. Like they were like, oh man, like I have a 50 50 chance. And I was like, no, no, throw this other guy in and they lost they're gonna hate you
0: yeah okay so twitter guy which is colton colton flat shout out you won some popcorn ten dollar gift card again comment what's popping sam you can dm him on twitter tell him to email us with yeah. info. get him hooked up so thank you all for the entries comment what's popping let's jump on over to the emails which two from rj <clears throat> two for two what's popping mid-season scouting evening guys i put together thoughts on where the celtics can improve in the second half of the season and posted to celtics blog here's the link let's take a quick look um we'll read the bolds and discuss if you'd like to read RJ's full thoughts go check it out uh, on the fan post of Celtics blog first one's pace uh basically saying not fast breaks uh just getting into the offense quicker I suppose I do think the Celtics are at their best when they are zipping the ball around and playing a bit more up tempo at the same time though I, I think during against certain matchups they do value getting to the um the mismatches which could take a little bit longer than the pace but i think overall i agree that they should play a bit quicker within the offense uh in general so i'll back you up there next one is space oh, I mean, no you're good i'm okay. gonna just keep talking uh other one is space celtics have uh are good to above average passing execution team they're not great pa- passing wait they're not a great passing execution team, I see. Apart from Porzingis and Horford, most of the Celtics are looking for a wide-open pass because they don't read the defense uh, early enough in order to execute. I I see it. I see what you're saying. Um, <clears throat> I think they've been pretty good this year overall at passing. Maybe not as great as you would like them to be, as your paragraph says, but I think they've been pretty good at spacing the floor. There have been some lapses where they they crumble or, or collapse too much uh, into their offenses facing but I, th- I think they've been pretty good overall this year at that. Uh, let's see. Closer isn't always better. None of the Celtics big men are quick off the floor on offense, but all of them seem to get within two feet of the rim and think they can jump right through traffic to make contested shots. KP can get away with it because of his extra height. Luke and need not so much. I'd rather see them take bunny jumpers from 46 and get out-muscled down low. Did
1: you see uh, Ada kill those two guys yesterday?
0: Yeah, on the on the super cool dunk. Yeah, uh, yeah that was pretty cool. Um. I, I don't know if this is much a product of them, you know, doing the wrong thing. I think it's just where they are in the floor. Like they're playing in the dunker spot. So that's just where they are. Maybe if you're saying like space them out a little bit further, but then that could ruin the spacing in the corner and at the wing. So I guess, but. I also don't know how great Nimi is at the little turnaround hook. You know what I'm saying? Like Nimi I may Wooten's have okay, the worst but... touch of all time. Yeah. <laughs> I think he needs the dunk. I think he needs to go for the dunk. <laughs>
1: yeah, you're just going to go all in it for him. You're like, well, if I don't dunk it, it's probably not going in, so I might as well try.
0: Double down on your strengths. Individual bench players need to keep practicing their skills, but come game time, stick with what works. Time for in-game experimentation is over. I disagree. Um I'm fine with O'Shea them.
1: Keep shooting those threes. King. Yeah,
0: yeah. I agree. Keep shooting three. Sam can yeah. keep closing out. If the shots don't open, although he has just been firing and he's need been to this dunk through good. traffic. Um, Yeah. Shout out Pritchard. O'Shea. Pritchard going for the offensive rebound some more. Uh, He's great at that. I, 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 I disagree with this dunk. one.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I, I need... I, I'm dying for a Pritchard dunk. There was one where he was on a break by himself and he threw it up to O'Shea off the backboard. Instead, I was devastated.
0: Can he dunk?
1: He definitely can dunk. I think any guy in the NBA that's a guard like that can dunk. It's just like they can't dunk from far enough away where they won't get absolutely swallowed up by whoever's trying to defend them.
0: I found a Pritchard dunk on YouTube. Don't worry about it.
1: Yeah. Um. Let's see. Pull it up. I want to see Pritchard oh, dunk. Oh, yeah. Is it, it sick? An... Is it game?
0: It's in a game. It's an assist okay. from Bruno Fernando, but it is not sick. We've seen it. A... All right. Let's uh, it is uh, just boop. <laughs> To you. Dan. Yeah,
1: that's sick. <laughs> you can't that dunk. I can that's relatable. <laughs> they need uh, more guys like this in the NBA because that makes you believe. Like that gives you a reason to get out of bed every day. You're like, I can do that. When you see guys like hit crazy 30 foot threes after going behind their back and falling out of bounds, you're like, oh well, that sucks. Or you know, Jalen does like a sick uh double clutch dunk. You're like, Well, I can't do that. But Pritchard doing like the rim grazer dunk, like, thanks for representing us. We appreciate that.
0: Uh, I disagree with this part, though. I think keep keep trying new stuff in the regular season for now.
1: I thought you made uh, you disagree with, like, Pritchard no. being, like, a hero for the everyman. No. No. Uh,
0: next thing, if they're sitting on your fastball, use the curve earlier in the count. Celtics have a good assortment of defensive change-ups. Uh, throw them in early in the game, too. I think they've been doing this a bit more lately. You saw it in the Pacers game that they broke out the 2-1-2 zone. You saw them switch up a bunch of things in the – Clippers game early on before it got out of hand. You saw them doing a lot of different defensive things, possession to possession. Um, so I, I think they've gotten better at this this whole curveball, fastball thing uh, as the season's gone on. So credit to them.
1: That's going to be uh, exciting to see in the playoffs. For sure. To, to RJ's point, like mm-hmm. we've seen the Celtics fall victim to the curveball. They end up on their knees in the batter's box, as strike three is called uh, to Spolstra. And it's devastating to watch. So it'll be nice if they're able to be good enough at their little wrinkle, curveball, whatever you want to call it, to just de- to devastate teams, devastate them, just ruin their playoff series.
0: Agree. Last thing bring in some fresh legs, fresh looks. Celtics have resources on their bench and in Maine, who have been coached up in Celtics ways. Uh, use the stay ready crew along with Walsh, Davison, and Peterson to give more rest. I guess, but I.
1: Well, Katie's <laughs> getting some rest.
0: Yeah, JT's getting some rest on suspension. This isn't a team I, I worry about Tate. with with rest. And the only guys I think worry about with rest are the guys you're getting rest for with Cornette and Nimi minutes mm. in Porzingis and Horford. Like, I don't think Tatum wants to rest. I don't think Jalen Brown wants to rest. I think they just want to play. and So I'm I'm fine with them playing. And I know you're probably going to bring up the whole Paul, Paul George thing where, like, rest doesn't mean shit. So, like,
1: rest doesn't run. mean shit. If you, if you don't use it, you lose it. Like, I completely, like, believe in that your body is going to get conditioned to whatever you're asking of it. Now, I'm not saying you can't overwork yourself cause you can, but if mm-hmm. you like play like twice a week and then all of a sudden try and go out there and really get in a rhythm, it's going to take you a while. You're going to be, I hadn't off.
0: played. I hadn't played in like months since before I went to the league. I was, I could out of breath yeah. in the first half. I was like, I'm cooked. Um, and I was That's getting into a good spot, rest. but it's bad. Yeah. Play every day. <laughs> Last email from RJ. What's popping? Hey, guys, not a lot to say after the Celtics went over the Pacers. Just a question. Why can't the Celtics hold on to rebounds?
1: That's all be well, RJ. We tried investigating right. yesterday. Yeah, Season I mean, we could, go,
0: we could go through all the rebound clips, but no. I don't think that, that'd take way too long. I will say, part of what Missoula says, I think, is true, and Porzingis talked about it, too. They said, like, They make you look really bad because the play style they they roll with makes it so they get a lot of offensive rebounds. And Missoula was like, yeah, I think he hadn't watched the second half ones, but he goes of the 10 we gave up in the first half. He was like, I think four of them were effort and the rest were like the way they play and other things. And so I I think that was the reason it felt like it was an outlier because the Celtics have been better is because it was an outlier. And I'm not I'm not worried about it. It was just like, what the fuck for that?
1: That was the Joe challenge of the day was don't (laughs) grab any rebounds. <laughs> be so That'd be so funny if he like he just like walks up in the middle of the locker room. It's like white. He like takes the curtain off the whiteboard. It's like today's challenge, no <laughs> rebounds.
0: The challenge next time, no three. Imagine he's, they just go no threes. He's doing like game.
1: a YouTube vlog. It's like you won't believe what I told my team they had to do today. It's like the red arrow.
0: Imagine there's just a game. Celtics just like hey guys, we're not shooting any fucking threes. No threes today.
1: <laughs> They're all like standing on the line on purpose. <laughs>
0: I will say there was a, I forget where I saw the tweet, but it was um, a credit to Joe Missoula and and the three. I think Randy tweeted it. Let me go find it quick. Um, It was the point of like, I know you've like cooled off on your uh, threes are bad thing. And it was never even really that, but you know what I'm talking about.
1: Um, You just get sick of it when they're slamming off the rim. mm -hmm. It's like, try something else. And they have this year. They've been much better. Like they have the little post-up game of Porzingis the occasional Tatum post up that really add like a little bit of an extra layer to their offense. So Mm -hmm. as long as I know that there's something they can go to when it's not working, I feel a lot less like antsy about it.
0: Um, Sean Grandy tweeted for all the quote Celtics take too many threes. People Phoenix just shot 56% uh, against the magic and lost by 15 to a magic team that shot 44%. Why? Because they only took 14 threes and missed 10 of them. NBA teams are shooting 56% this year, or excuse me, NBA teams that shot 56% uh, in the games this year entered tonight, 80 and eight high volumes of threes is not an option anymore. <laughs> like it's just, you're just going to lose if you take that many fewer threes. And we saw in the playoffs last year when Phoenix was playing Denver, they were shooting like 60% of the field and down by like 12 in the second quarter. Cause they took no threes. Like you just, you're not going to win games like that anymore.
1: Telling you Adam <laughs> silver, next step for your league. You only get 15 threes a game. Use them wisely. No, horrible. terrible. That'd be fire. You can't tell me no. that would not be like they even
0: put up in. I heard. Uh,
1: I forget who was on the Bill Simmons podcast, but they were talking about. NBA teams, you know how like in Major League Baseball, everybody's home stadium is different. The dimensions are different. The walls are. Sure. Certain. I mean, you have the monster at Fenway, the short porch at Yankee Stadium, etc. They were like, what if you got to like add like a little wrinkle to the rule book at your home games in the NBA? I'm not saying they should do this, but it was kind of funny to hear. It was like
0: it's like the uh, the momentum meter in Madden.
1: Yeah, yeah, kind of. <clears throat> mm-hmm. It's like, OK, yeah. like each like you're you're the Suns. It's like each team gets 10 threes. Use them wisely. Suns <laughs> oh, really? would be nasty at home. <laughs> they would never lose.
0: <laughs> Celtics. Are just, what would the Celtics be? HB uh no one's allowed to get offensive rebounds. Sorry, it's got out of the
1: game. Celtics would be um only oh, threes. That's a really good question. Only threes. No, not oh. only threes.
0: Oh, it could be you could only I'm trying to think of the way the phrase is you have to pick who's guarding who at the start of the night and you can't change it. So like you have to pick who's guarding KP the whole night and that like, you cannot change it. You can only have one guy guard Tatum the whole game and you can't change it. That way, yeah, like the Rockets you know, the Celtics
1: you, would also have to play by the same rules. It's fine, fine. Celtics like switch everything on defense. Be tough. Yeah,
0: they got better. I don't know. No, no. The Celtics rule is only you have to do it. Sorry, I'm only sucks.
1: (laughs) It's not tough. Only you got to deal with it. (laughs) No, like a both ways rule would be like, uh, like the. I feel like the Celtics would benefit from a shot clock being at 14 seconds. Hmm. Yeah. Sure. Okay. Yeah, that could work.
0: No, but then you get in a game with the Pacers and you're fucked.
1: anyway pacers home court 10 seconds five they're
0: just having halbert and chuck from the fucking just just sprint like (laughs) as fast as you can no the pacers rule would just be okay uh you cannot (laughs) obi Toppin doesn't play and you can only guard certain players like like, we only only halberton you can't guard halberton you can guard everybody else it's just, just don't guard this guy please dear god all right anyways let's jump over to the nba section of the show uh we'll check out the standings, see what's going on around the league, as we usually do. Uh, it's been a couple days, so let's see who's winning, who's losing. Nope, I don't want ESPN standings. I want Google standings, so it's easier to look at.
1: Mickey Mouse, by you not using NBA.com. I already got him up. Your well, this is easier
0: because it sh- says the, the 10 game. But yeah, because you were don't this have to write the timestamps. whatever i do it here fuck off uh celtics the last time i checked it i was yeah exactly (laughs) celtics won two in a row eight and two in their last 10 back to normal uh i feel like eight and two should be the standard for the celtics is that that sound correct right i think like anything better than that's pretty good no i think eight and two is like yeah celtics are on pace really good nine and one is like yeah they're on a hot stretch ten and oh is like fuck yeah but like always seven three is like hmm. bucks have lost one uh, in a row seven and three in the last 10 Knicks and Cavs are on heaters nine and one in their last 10 Knicks have won eight in a row uh, both of them have passed the Sixers in the standings who have lost four games in a row uh, as Embiid
1: deals with certain Sixers injuries and
0: mm-hmm. bead can't stay on the court Pacers four and six in the last 10 struggling heat and magic also struggling three and seven heat have lost eight. seven games in a row <clears <clears throat>
1: throat> 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 and... Get ready to become the Pistons buddy
0: <laughs> right bad Bulls lost one as well, but the bottom of the East, outside of the bottom East, of
1: the East, is back.
0: Hornets have lost four, but outside of that, everyone's on winning streaks. Pistons are three and seven in their last ten yeah. games. Pistons are back. Look at that. Wait till They've they make won- trades. They have won more games in their last ten uh, than they did in their first forty.
1: I can't even like have fun with this because <laughs> they are still. Tw- 13 and a half games out of a playing spot
0: yeah no they're they're cooked they, they would they're...
1: imagine if they just like steamrolled everybody for the next <laughs> half of the season and they got in that would be electric
0: it would be kind of sick
1: that team it would, be would become sick. like the most loved team because everybody would be like oh my god this is such an unbelievable turnaround like i love this team and they'd be like the ten seed
0: they'd be like the lions everyone loves them
1: um major Lions super bowl for a pistons win over the thunder what are you gonna do that's
0: tough out west Timberwolves have won one in a row nuggets have won two in a row thunder have slipped to three seed losing two in a row clippers have lost one as well kings back on track won four games in a row one game win streaks for Suns and mavericks then a lot of losing and a couple one game win streaks pelicans lost three in a row Celtics sent them into a spiral lakers five and five in the last ten the jazz have also come back down to earth five and five in their last 10 games as well West a little bit shaky a little bit bumpy
1: out West good fuck the West <laughs> fuck the Lakers I hope the Celtics stomp them tomorrow I despise <laughs> that team they're just uh, barely hanging on like
0: mm-hmm.
1: there's no way the NBA will let them miss the playoffs did you see the thing it was like they have the least drives but they've shot like 300 more free throws than anybody else
0: I no. I do think they miss the playoffs though I don't think they get in
1: I would love it that'd be the greatest I mean they missed the couple graphics.
0: Uh this year, that's a good question. Who are we rooting for? Who who are we fans of because they have the Lakers draft picks. That's a good question. Who has it this I year, think the, it might be the Pelicans? Yeah, the Pelicans have the option if they, they can either take it this year or next year.
1: It's a tough mm. gamble.
0: Cuz like <laughs> That is a tough one.
1: I don't anticipate the Lakers getting any better, but like they do have that we're going to get free guys cuz we are the lakers risk of waiting mm-hmm. on that draft pick? Well, they
0: don't have to decide now. They can they can decide later. Can they so wait till the lottery? <clears throat> I think so. I don't know what the date is, but I it just says one. option. Um so uh yeah. Anyways, <clears throat> jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. is being reported as higher than it actually is. This was from David Aldridge and... Sorry, let me look down here. David Aldridge and Josh Robbins of The Athletic said, Wizards want two first-run picks... Or sources have said the Wizards want two first-run picks in exchange for Kuzma, but sources close to the team have indicated that the reporting asking price is, quote, somewhat overblown. Aldridge and Robbins noted that the true asking price for Kuzma is probably somewhere in the middle. That's in quotes. So um, this like, isn't, like, huge news, but it, do- it does, like... I mean a first anything less than two first round picks for Kuzma feels like you're getting pretty good value. Like he's a good player on a pretty fine contract. Sixers. <clears throat> yeah. Sixers would actually be a really good fit for him, I think. Uh unironically. Like from an unbiased perspective, I think Sixers would be good. I think the Cavs would be really good with Kyle Kuzma, getting another forward in there who can do some stuff and shoot the ball pretty well. I don't know what they'd give. Like you could give up like Karis Levert. They don't have any picks, though, is the issue. Utah. Um Utah would be fine for him. Dallas is the team I've heard. I think Dallas would be good for him. Getting another forward in there. I don't know. I just don't know where else besides that. I think Dallas is probably my favorite. The Bucks make some sense, but they don't have any assets to trade. So
1: are it's not going to work. Now.
0: I don't know. They're just like Dallas a weird
1: is... team that's already pretty committed to salary that keeps coming up in trade talks. It's like, all right, yeah. like, everybody calm down.
0: Dallas is my favorite for them. Uh, although Sacramento is intriguing, too. Harrison Barnes, the pick, and then like whatever. Like he Dave was about Yon-Mickle. to go to
1: Sacramento <clears throat> when uh, LeBron True. was like, "No, I want Westbrook instead."
0: True. Honestly, that kind of worked out better for the Kings though, because then they sure did ended up getting Halliburton in a healed trade, stuff like that. Anyways, um, <clears throat> or they got Sabonis in a heel trade, but it that I think that trade worked out for both teams. Anyways, yeah. um, I like the the Mavs or the Kings for Kuzma, for what it's worth. Next thing we got is the Rockets are eyeing centers. Now, normally I wouldn't put something like this on here. However, it's intriguing because Robert Williams is one of the centers that they've been eyeing. And I figured that was worthwhile enough to at least bring up. Uh, this is from the same Kelly Ico article where Jason Tate was brought up. Um, the Rockets... Uh, Sorry, you put something in it threw me off the Rockets League sources that are exploring center market, looking to bolster the rim protection. According to those sources, Houston is keeping tabs on Kelly Olynyk, Clint Capella, Andre Drummond and Robert Williams, uh, among others. So Ime might want Rob back, basically.
1: <laughs> yeah, I saw I saw this athletic article and it was like Ime is ready to compete. And mm. Houston has been ready to make a jump like last June. It was coming out. They think they're on the next level. Like they're no longer in that rebuilding stage. They're in the next stage, and this is right in line with that. If they want to get better, sick. I don't know how much sense it makes to bring in another center, at least a starting capacity center, next to Shangoon. Rob is, or Rob and Capella could be used in a very similar fashion if you're Houston, but those two make the most sense to me. It doesn't make sense to bring in Drummond and Olenek would probably be a bench piece slash. He would play forward for them. I don't think he would play center, but I'm all for like the Rockets getting a little bit better. One, it's another team for the Lakers to deal with Two, I think they're kind of due to be decent again. I don't know. Maybe that's just a me thing, but
0: um, Next thing you got something you just put on here. Players are, I think, what is this? Is they're getting mad at the game restriction rule? Yeah. Like having to play. Players are officially
1: um, back to crying because they actually have to play.
0: I don't think that's what exactly this it, is. It literally um, is that. Okay. Let, I'll, I'll give my thing too. You. Uh, you can see it. This is who's saying this? You the Hal long-
1: one is literally like, I have to play games. Poor me.
0: No, that's not Hal I think
1: it's a stupid rule. Like plenty of guys in the league. But this is what the owners want. So as players, we have to do our job and play in 65 games if we're able to. Like, yeah, yes. he's
0: talking about it affecting their money. He literally got hurt this season, so he's not going to be able to get 50. He's losing lose on $50 million because he's just happened to do an ankle injury $50 this $50 million.
1: Dollars. Oh, because of the All-NBA stuff. Because yes, that is them. what he's
0: talking I about.
1: I see. But no, no, no. Philly's <laughs> like legitimately crying. More so yes. than Halliburton.
0: Sure, yes. How I understand it from ha- – Halliburton is allowed to be upset that he's going to lose on $50 million because he just happened to have an ankle injury this year. That's bullshit. Because he – if he was healthy all season, he would absolutely 100% be he an NBA sure player. Without a doubt. And so I've seen some people on Twitter say, I think the 65-game rule is – fine for mvp in those awards but it shouldn't have to count as strictly for all nba for the monetary purposes which i can understand like i can buy that or maybe we find a different way to de- you know determine these guys contracts that's not linked to awards that are like because like then you get into the running the thing of like like you know zach lowe gave up his awards ballot this year because he's like it's too much pressure i don't want to like Deal with the the thought of having to determine how much money these guys are going to make. That seems unfair. Like maybe let's just find a different way to determine how much money they're allowed to make. That's not linked to these arbitrary things that are voted on by collective. You know what I'm saying? So, but this I feel like whatever
1: they decide on though will ultimately be an arbitrary thing because it's It's, like, well, do I really think Julius Randall is good enough to get a supermax? Do I think Zach Levine is? And like. No, I don't. But then someone could be like, well, who are you to say? And I'm no, it's
0: Pandora's say. box, like putting this game requirement in because last year it was all about, oh, well, availability is the best ability. And then to put it in. But then it's like, oh, what if you play 64? Then he's the best. Like, it, it's got to be a mix of everything and you have to account for stuff. But these quotes about Embiid missing games and stuff, it says you could see it long before he was hurt against the Warriors. Embiid, who missed. Uh. Who missed Philadelphia's game at Portland on Monday night looked like a player who pushed himself to play against Golden State because the whole basketball world was screaming in his ear. There are people within the Sixers community who are convinced he played all, because of all the scrutiny. Oubre, you've got people. Ubre said this, Kelly Ubre. you got people pressuring him to force being great when he's 300 pounds, seven foot five. Uh, who exaggerated Embiid's listed sides of 7 foot 280 like come on bro he has to do what he has to do i think this year people really understand that his whole career uh he's been having to make sure his body's right this is uh this is nas like nascar right if their cars ain't work and the mechanics aren't able to get the job done before the race then what can they do they can't race um listen I- i'll say it this i understand that like yeah no shit embiid's going to have to take care of his body more than other guys are he's huge like he's yeah. giant he- and he's dealt with injuries his whole career and to Embiid's credit, I don't know if he necessarily I think he cared about MVP last year a lot because he like just wanted to do it. I don't think he should care about it as much this year. I don't think he should push himself to do it. But I do think the game requirement is like it's gotta be a thing, right? Like if you'd play 50 games and win MVP, that's not fair to somebody who played 70 games and played at a similar level, especially when there are so many guys playing at that caliber. Um of or, or at that level this year, like Jokic, Shea, Luka, you know, all these guys up there playing that ridiculous high level basketball and staying on the court. Like, I think that has to be factored in. I saw some people argue saying, like, just then just take the games requirement off of it and let people factor it in, in their own individual votes. But then you get into like other like issues. So that's
1: what was happening before.
0: Yeah. I, I understand what Ubre is saying about like, I do think Embiid gets too much shit for not playing sometimes. Uh, because of everything like yeah he has well, to stay healthy you know it's funny but- is
1: he's always there when they play charlotte or if they play washington he's gonna go out there and drop 60 but they go sure. to denver and he has to play Jokic. all of a sudden he's not feeling good can't sure. do it
0: and i understand why people people get mad at him for that stuff but has not played um, denver
1: since 2019
0: that is crazy that is an insane stat but
1: i i, I kind of don't care like stop crying i i get the if it affects how much money they make it makes a little bit more sense. You're absolutely right about that. My bad. But with these MVP awards, I kind of don't give a fuck. I don't really care about the awards. Well, I don't is- think
0: to his credit, I don't think Embiid is the one that cares. Like, you know, Uber for crying. He cares. Maybe he cares, but he's not saying anything like he's not crying about it. Do you see him in Denver? All
1: right, it, he'll get even more shit.
0: Exactly. So he's not. He's just doing what he has to do. And it's like, whatever. I don't know. I just I don't care. Fucking who gives a shit. He clearly he
1: cares. Otherwise, he wouldn't be going out there and playing, quote unquote, hurt. Now he actually got hurt because who fell on him? Kuminga on his knee. I don't know. Whatever. Let
0: me say what I want to say. I don't know.
1: Sixers feeling like they got slighted because their star player actually has to play is hilarious. Like, yes, he has to play games. He's an NBA player. If you don't care about the awards, then you don't care about the awards. Make up your mind. This is what I was saying earlier when I was like, we should revisit this Missoula mindset thing. Because in Philly, they don't. It doesn't seem like they have that. Instead of being like. Embiid needs to get right. They're still like semi pushing for this MVP thing. And it's a national thing, too, to the organ, like to give them a break. But there is still like a lot of MVP talk around Embiid. He's having all these big scoring nights against teams that are ass, but doesn't want to play in the real games. I don't know. I don't, uh, I don't know.
0: I mean, if, if he was healthy and he meets the requirement, I think he probably should win the MVP, but if he's not, then he shouldn't. And I think that's that's it. <laughs> like, I just I think that's where the argument I, starts I and ends. That. That's whatever. I think it's fine. Um, yeah, I don't know. It is what it is. Gotta play the games. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I, I will say this about the NBA players, and this can be the last thing. Talked about Pritchard like making me feel like I can achieve things because he did that sick dunk. NBA players. Starting to become very relatable. Like they hate going to work too. They hate (laughs) it. Like I'm like, yeah, dude. I wish I could have a day off. And beads like me too.
0: Yeah, it is what it is. I don't know.
1: It. I don't care.
0: That's where it starts. I don't give a fuck. Uh, Next we got Damian Lillard is talking about uh, returning to Portland. (laughs) He was talking with. Let me get the thing. Aaron Fentress of the Oregonian. Oregonian, Oregon. Oregonian. Oregonian. Oregonian whatever Oregonian whatever it is the Oregon with an Some newspaper
1: in the Pacific Northwest
0: in Oregon uh I see there being a time where I play for the trailblazers but it won't be right now I play for the bucks to accomplish what we want to accomplish you've got to be all in on that and I was traded and I'm all in to try to accomplish that here
1: uh cool damn good for you shut the fuck up Dave (laughs) freaking forced your way out of town cried all summer now you're now you want to go back And by the way, when's he going to go back? Is he going to go back so like they can pay the last two years of his terrible contract? Is that going to be his big like you're welcome to Portland? Like, yeah, you can pay me a bunch of money to sit here and play like 40 games as I'm an (laughs) aging point guard that doesn't have the same burst at 37 years old. Like we if I'm the Blazers, I'd be like, all right, fuck off, dude. Like, I don't care. Like, shut up. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, whatever. This play for your weird. stupid team that already got their coach fired.
0: And if I'm Bucks fans, I'm like, oh, what, what the fuck? What do you mean? You want to pull? The the right thing about play? leaving, buddy. Yeah. yeah. I didn't do
1: that. I'd be like, what the fuck? I'd be. You're Brian's hat. You're Tim Robinson in the courtroom.
0: Very weird. Just weird. Uh, last thing we got from the NBA section, or second to last thing. Sorry. Uh, Jalen Green trade question mark. This was Zach Lowe of ESPN. Houston Rockets guard Jalen Green is reportedly seen, quote a little buzz uh zach Lowe reported that green is a quote under the radar name uh league executives have highlighted it's potentially being made available in talks uh it's also worth noting the rockets aren't expected or excuse me aren't reported to be shopping green but there is some rumblings that he could find himself on the move if the right deal came along my question is who wants him? who's trading for Jalen green
1: okay first question Mm. has he signed an extension yet uh
0: no i don't think so okay no.
1: My answer to you. I would trade for Jalen Green if I'm True. a team that doesn't have much to lose. Why not? He's like 21. It's not like he's 25 and sucks. He's not Jordan Poole. He has plenty of time to like figure it out. He got drafted at like 18. Mm-hmm. He's got so, he's got some maturing to do, but it's not like he's terrible.
0: Yeah. <clears throat> so who though? Like what team do you think should trade if for Jalen Green? If I'm Jan- the Pistons, then? I would call Okay.
1: If I'm Utah, I would call. Mm, If I'm Washington, eh, maybe not Washington. (laughs) Uh, Maybe if I'm the Spurs, I would absolutely call. You kidding me? Mm. Especially you can get him with value being low. I don't think he's like the greatest player ever. Please don't mistake it for this. But (laughs) if you're a team that has like really not a whole lot going or you can afford a chance.
0: If I'm Portland, I call. If I'm Memphis, I call. I don't hate it. I I like Portland. I like um, Utah.
1: If I'm Orlando, I might
0: call. It just depends on what the the value is. Jalen Green, I'm surprised you're this high on Jalen Green. He seems like the exact type of player you hate.
1: He's the greatest. I just think, like, (laughs) he's been okay. He's clearly immature, but he's not immature in a Jordan Poole way. He's just, like, I don't know. He's not there yet, but he's 21. I'm surprised. This isn't. He's got it potentially 19 years left of NBA basketball. If he really wanted to stay healthy and play. Hmm. If I'm Charlotte, I'm taking a call. You have nothing going for you. Take a chance. Sure. sure. Atlanta I'm call. I'm just, Miami call.
0: I'm just surprised that you like Jalen green. He seems like the player you would hate.
1: <laughs> I, I don't love him, but it's just like, I don't get, I get it from a Houston perspective where you're like kind of trying to build something where you're competitive and you don't really have time to fuck around and see like, is he gonna pan out for us or is he just gonna keep taking shots away from the guys we want to have shots? If I'm Golden State, I might call mm, mm-mm, mm-mm.
0: <laughs> Jordan Poole too. You mean no? I, I'm not Golden State, I'm not called. <laughs> who else? I like Short Portland, too, I like Pacific, I like Pacific. Portland, I like uh Memphis, I like Utah, I like Charlotte, and that's about it. Not Maybe Toronto Chicago calls. <clears throat> yeah, Chicago. I don't hate either. I don't see. We just need like half the league and you're like, yeah, a bunch of young teams. It's fine. It's fine. I just don't know what they're getting back from. It's it's a weird value thing because it's probably like they'll probably want like real assets. Like, oh, he's just top three. And everyone's like, yeah, if you're trading him, he's probably like a second hand guy. So like, do we want to give up a lot for him? So it's like that's that's where it could get weird. I think
1: I can see hangups for sure. But I don't think everybody should be like, I don't want to touch him. He's not Jordan nope. Poole. No, Not yet, not yet. He could be, but not, we don't know yet. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped. Streaming June 4th, only on Hulu.
0: All right, last thing. LeBron James tweeted something. Uh, I don't even know uh, what the hourglass.
1: Saying. He tweeted the hourglass uh, with all, all the sand at the bottom, meaning time's up. The Lakers are under 500. Oh. Darvin Ham ready to learn Chinese. For someone
0: who, for someone who hates LeBron James, you care a lot about LeBron James. This is the stupidest
1: shit I've ever seen. What the fuck is this? I saw it all over Twitter today. People were fucking oh, talking I was about like, this. What the fuck? No, no, like people yeah, people care way too much. Way of about being this shit. like, oh, nobody's talking about me. Okay, time for me to bring back all the attention. So is what worked. He, they're they're all mad. They're losing. He probably wants the team to just make a bunch of trades so he can try and compete, and then they'll empty the bank and then next year they'll be like what the hell why are we bad it's because you mortgaged the whole team last year it's what happened a year ago now they're bad and everyone's like wait they're bad yeah they're no, bad
0: that's not what it was do you know what it was and he great great no great by lebron james let's see lebron james tweets the hourglass emoji gets everyone talking about him waiting to see he's a DraftKings kings partner he just fucking That's... scammed you all. <laughs> this is exactly what it was. It was a promotional thing. Dude, everyone talking about this and then him to announce this. <laughs> it's like I'm when Snoop Dog... It's like when Snoop Dogg tweeted I'm giving up smoke and then he was fucking advertising a smokeless campfire set. He he scammed. I'm not convinced. He scammed everybody. It's the
1: same thing. I think it's, it's a coincidence. It's
0: yeah, he scammed you all.
1: He scammed y'all.
0: All right, let's move on to the rat list. Would you like to kick us off here?
1: Uh yeah. Rat right. list. I have to be up in probably six hours. Tough. For pers- put put in perspective, it's eight o'clock, eight thirty. Brutal. What the hell is going on with our screen? Is it blue background for you too, or is that just me?
0: Nope, it's the rat.
1: Okay, yeah. I see the overlay, but now it's mm. green.
0: Yeah, don't worry about it. There's the rat for
1: you. All right. <laughs> I trust you. It looks weird. Okay. You, whatever. <laughs> yeah, I, I got to be up early. I'm going on a flight to LA. I won't be on talking seas tomorrow, but. <sighs> Just just traveling. I, you know, I would like to be home. <laughs> you, you just know, got like, back from New York. I, I would like to turn on my Xbox. I would love that.
0: Tough. Doesn't happen. Tough for you, buddy. <clears throat> Brutal. Um, Ratless Brentford. So I watched, uh, I was watching Brentford today. For those who don't know, I'm a Brentford fan. When I get the chance to watch, it's usually too early, but I watched today because there's a later game.
1: I also watched uh, soccer today. Respect. Would you? Who'd you watch? Liverpool? Liverpool, 4 1.
0: Mm. So
1: let me, let me. Let's
0: me let see. We'll, we'll probably end up getting a copyright strike, but I'm going to show it anyways because just get my point across. You know, I take the rat. I got it. So they're playing Spurs, Tottenham, who, good team, right? Should probably be Brentford. Uh, this guy, fucking Doug Doggy, sucks. He stinks. Uh, he was fucking helping Brentford all day. Gave it up. This is the first half, right? Brentford scores mm. with like, you know, 15 minutes in the game. Tony Exciting. scores. Malpe comes in. Scrappy
1: goal. goal. Offensive rebound. Good
0: goal. good goal. They fuck the Spurs for the entire rest of the first half. They play keep away. They they refuse to let them in the box. They're aggressive. They're trying to get on goal again. Have some good chances. This was almost fucking sick. I I, I screamed. This was almost fire. That would have been so awesome. But, this truly is like
1: one of the most fun sports to watch. I love it. People I love it when I get the it. chance, dude.
0: I agree. I love watching soccer when I get the chance. Um, it's just so they bring it into halftime with
1: mm-hmm. more people.
0: They bring a lead in the halftime 1 nothing, Right. And you go, Jack, why are they in the rattles? Almost scored again. The pressure's there. They have all the momentum. You go, Jack. Why are you putting on the rat list? Well, if you'd like to pay attention to the screen, if you're watching on YouTube, Spurs bring it up. This is the 47th minute, two minutes of the second half. Spurs get it in the box immediately. Uh, and then they just score right away. Easy work. Right? Score right away. Tie game, 1-1. One, one. <clears throat> now you see the, the t- you see the time, 47-33. Let's fast forward to uh, 48-14 and see what happens at 48-14, less than a minute later. Uh, they that's score, a uh, replay. That's a replay. Uh, just wait. You'll see. Uh, 48-30, so a minute Show later. Another run. Spurs on the run again up to the left side. One shot and goal. <sighs> and goal. Roof Cooked. comes off. Yeah fuck Is there more? Yeah. So that was 48. Don't worry. Okay. Uh, 49. Uh, I think this is a replay again. Yep, replay. Uh, yep. Uh, so two minutes, two goals. 53. So about four <laughs> minutes later, give it up again. This is fantastic. uh Missed. Don't worry. Uh, they're like, oh, that's not bad, right? Nope. 55 minutes. So with, uh, this is all within the span of the first 10 minutes of the second half. Spurs get it in the box again. Dribble in, get one shot, rebound, goal. Brentford went. Nope. Down. From up one nothing to down by 2 in the span of 10 minutes. What huh. the fuck are we doing? I could play better defense. And and for what it's worth, this was the classic. So the Spurs are doing everything they fucking possibly can to lose this game. And Brent, yeah. watch this. Sam, Jim, I'm watching this game. Watch, yeah. watch this. Yvonne Tony in the box. Fucking slips first of all. Gets in position. Drops everybody. And then fucking misses His the miss. entire wow. goal. Entire goal. <clears throat> Could have brought it within two, and then look That's at this guy again. Brentford. Look at do- doggy again. This guy sucks. Watch him pass it back to, to fucking Brentford, right? And so they get one oh back. Gosh. Luckily, thought he was gonna miss that. But then the, the entire rest of the game was just them feeding Brentford chances, and they couldn't fucking finish. Just Yvonne Tony chance again. Geased.
1: Goalie beats him,
0: right? It, I was so mad. Not only did so he this him, but then he just couldn't this was way
1: it. funnier for me because I have music on, and. I don't know how I got into this little thing, but I've been listening to fifties music. So the song I was listening to had the yakety sacks in it. So as they were melting down, I just had that playing in my headphones, watching them just like melt collapse. Fucked. Speaking of soccer though, we'll rat list energy, rat list (laughs) energy. So if you don't know, Liverpool's manager, Jurgen Klopp has been with the club since like 2015. He fucking rules. I love him. He, uh, He's been great. The team has had great success under him. They've been to three Champions League finals. They won one. They won the Premier League for the first time in thirty years. They've won the two domestic cups. And he announced that he is going to leave the club after the season because he's out of energy. Mm-hmm. Uh, very sad. He does the fist pumps. I love the fist pumps after the game. He hypes up the cop. Runs over there. They go fucking berserk. Have you been I to wish a Liverpool? Game? would do that. Been to twice. Two mm. times. I need to go to Brentford game. It's a it's a blast. But yeah, mm-hmm. sad to see him go. Almost teared up at the gym when I saw the news. Yeah. How
0: long have you been a Liverpool fan?
1: Since I started watching soccer. So like Which really is... since he's been there.
0: Okay. See, I felt like so I I don't watch soccer as much as I want to, but I try to when it's on and like at a reasonable time stopped. and I don't have work to do. Um, but I wasn't like Born and raised like a fan or, or anything like that, and so I, I wanted to watch like in 2020, and I'm like, I felt like it, I would have felt like a dickhead picking one of the big teams, and so I picked a team like at the time Brentford had just gotten promoted, um and Yvonne Tony scored like 36 goals in the championship, which is like fucking insane, mm. uh, and so I wanted to pick a respectable team, and so I picked a team that isn't necessarily to win, however. I do feel like it's gonna suck because in my mind, I realistically know there's no fucking chance Brentford ever wins the. Premier mm, they will probably never win, but I I don't want to I don't want to just like yeah I'll be a Man City guy that's fucking lame I don't want to be a Man City I don't want to just no, jump on the him, bandwagon.
1: Really. Right? I, I don't, don't, don't want to just
0: jump on the Liverpool bandwagon either,
1: like because they're good. Well, I now. was on I it before just, they were good. I
0: I know that's what I'm saying. I don't want to just jump on once they're a good team. I don't want to
1: like United,
0: Spurs, like what the fuck. I mean they've
1: been good I, forever, but I I jumped on when they were not good.
0: I know, but like I wanted to pick a team that was in the back, in the in the in the mix, or, or could be in the mix, but it sucks because I know they're never gonna fucking. <laughs> Speaking of like win bad shit. teams
1: winning, so. <laughs> This past week, my girlfriend was like, "If you could go give like your middle school self like one piece of advice, what would you like say?"
0: Mm-hmm. You
1: bet on Leicester City to win the league when yes, the league that, year. that that is just, that just is literally life savings.
0: That is literally the only reason why I'm like, you know what? Nah, fuck it. I'm still gonna be a Brentford yeah. guy till I die. Because just in, I'm that off chance. Leicester City's in the championship again, aren't they? They're gone. They're d- dead. They're I down. think
1: they got relegated. Yeah. Top. Wait, are they
0: in? Are they in League One? Hold up. Did they? No. I don't see them. They're in the championship. Oh, they're winning the championship. I'm brain. Wait. Yeah. Oh, I'm looking at the wrong season. Why the fuck did it default me to the 2020 2021 season? What are we doing? Hello? Anyway, yeah, Leicester City is winning the championship right now. Yeah, but they are down. Um, but I I, I know Brentford is actually really pro. Oh, fuck. I didn't realize how close they were to getting demoted. <laughs> no,
1: wait, 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 wait. They're only four points ahead of 18th. Oh, Jesus Christ. Yeah, no longer is interested in this sport. Uh. Just whips his headset across the room. Uh. Uh, speaking of, like, I've been listening to 50s music for no reason. <laughs> yeah. All of these songs are the same. Like, they have, like, the same three notes, and it's, like, the same <laughs> melody. And it's uh-huh. just people singing different lyrics. And the lyrics are kind of weird. <laughs> I don't know. It, it's strange. Different time. The vibes are definitely better. Like, all of it's, like, upbeat, happy. Like, it's like, oh, imagine, like, you get in your car. It's a convertible. Or your horse-drawn carriage if you didn't have any money. And uh someone's going to get mad at that. And <laughs> you just throw on the tunes. It's probably great vibes.
0: Uh this isn't necessarily Ratlist, but Ratlist at this point in our podcasting life is really just us like being stupid. So you remember that Wemby commercial or the one that I talked about where they like stacked ice creams on top of yes. like each other to see how tall it was? I wonder like how tall I could get with fucking Chick-fil-A sauce. <laughs> and half of the ones
1: I have are in the fridge. So I have like double this in the house. Why do you Chick-fil-A keep ordering sauces. them? You just keep reording well, what you do is you probably reorder whatever you got the day before and the sauces are on your order so they just keep giving you more sauce
0: yeah but like fuck it why not have the sauce like just, just sauce save guy.
1: them up and then like just start throwing at people i don't know that's just what you can throw at bad drivers <laughs> just again okay, i open it just a little bit so i can throw yeah. it, it, yeah, goes all it all over.
0: it's like a fucking uh power up in mario except i'd probably get arrested <clears throat> um what else the rat list um I don't really have much. I haven't done much. I've just been writing. All right? It's ratlist ratless list the new month. Me now having to worry about
1: quotas again. Oh, <laughs> and I'm that's right.
0: resetting everything. Fuck. That's ass.
1: So oh, Ratlist, uh I don't want to ratlist the establishment because I had a good time. <laughs> but I'll just tell the story. Sure. So yesterday, I don't know if I told you about this. And if you're from Rhode Island, you probably know. The Providence Place Mall has opened up a Level 99. Now, if you've not heard of Level 99, (laughs) Level 99 is a Mm. like arcade type of thing, but not really. It has a bunch of like escape challenge room type things, Mm. and they have all sorts of different things. So you can see on the one that Jack has pulled up, guys on like monkey bars. He's trying to hit a button on the wall and climb over. So there's physical challenges there there's like problem solving there's skill based like you throw balls to get them in a hole like all kinds of different things it's an absolute blast i love it i will be going back it'll be fun to go with the boys went with the lady yesterday there's this one that's a ninja challenge so you have to swing on the rope and land on these little platforms and you can't touch like the ground ground and they're very Mm -hmm. small it's not easy to land and I swing and I don't get balanced. So I don't let go of the rope and I swing back. And as I swing back and land on the initial platform, I plant my left ankle or my left foot and my right leg is still swinging the heel of my right foot inside of my left ankle. Severe pain. <laughs> yeah. It was a disaster. No, no. I luckily recovered, like played basketball today, did not run because I was shook. I There's nothing worse than risking like. I don't know if I'm healthy enough to go for a run and then gambling by getting up at five in the morning and then being like, Oh fuck. I am not healthy enough to do this. I just woke up for nothing. I wasn't going to do it, but I played basketball. I felt okay. Would recommend it. If you're from the area, go check it out. They're not paying us, but it's fun. (laughs) It's fun. It's different. Probably better than top golf. I haven't been to top golf. can't say, but <laughs> it's like it's why well,
0: just throw that out there? Then
1: what the fuck? Because like <laughs> that we just got a Top Golf and now we got this. So it's like oh, oh, everybody's gonna do oh, go to Top Golf. Everybody's dude. gonna do Top Golf, but now like you can go do this instead. It's thirty dollars for two hours of like just mm. absolute blast of a game. That's mm. cheaper than an escape room. Escape rooms are mad expensive.
0: I have no context, but yeah, What's I believe it. it. Um. I don't know if I have any other rat list. Yeah, I, I haven't just done much. Like I just sit here and write. It's, it's boring when I don't go out. I might go out this weekend, so maybe I'll have some good stories from this weekend. Can't but... wait till you
1: go out. Just, <sighs> but
0: yeah, that's all I got. You done?
1: Uh, I'm done. I got a fucking rat list packing. I hate packing. I should have just checked the bag. They're like, "Do you want to check a bag?" We'll give you the company car. I was like, "No, no, I'm not going to check a bag," because <laughs> I didn't want to like go to the belt and boring. How long are you going to LA for? Stuff. Yeah. Thursday, I get there tomorrow. And when I get there, it'll be 11 a.m. their time. So it'll be like 2. Oh, so you'll be
0: in L.A. for the Lakers game.
1: Yeah, you bet your ass I will. Tough. I hope they don't ask me to go get food. I'm going to have to miss. We're going to have to plan Sunday's recording. I might have to, like, watch back the game, and we'll record after that or something. I don't know. Okay,
0: that's fine. We'll figure it out. All right. (sighs) Oh, yeah. Tough. I'll be out there. Very tough. Thank you all for tuning in. We appreciate it very much. Make sure to subscribe to How About Them Solvex on YouTube. Leave us five stars on Apple and follow us on Spotify and Apple. Leave us a review as well. Uh, Appreciate you all for listening. I'll let Sam wrap it up.
1: Yes, thank you very much for listening or watching. If you're watching, make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel. Hit the notification bell so you don't miss any of our daily uploads. We're doing these full-length pods Tuesday, Thursday, Sunday. You can also find us doing Talk and sees That's usually Monday, Wednesday, Friday. It's been a little off. We've been off routine. I've been traveling and it's fine. Uh, anytime there's a game and we don't have a full length pod, we will be posting a short video a game recap, if you will. And we had one of those for the Pacers game cause we weren't doing a pod. So you can always check those out. They'll be on the streaming platforms as well. And then when there's nothing, we'll do film breakdowns or rumor breakdowns or some nonsense. And we're also live a half hour before every game. So don't miss those. Those have been a lot of fun. We had a really good turnout for the Pacers game and we've had really good chats for the last week and a half. People are back. So it's good. Um, Like Jack said, Spotify and Apple, you can find the full pods and game recaps there. If you follow us, those will go right to your inbox. You can also leave a five-star review. We would appreciate it very much. If you want to get in touch with us, the email is hbtcpod at gmail.com. You saw we went through Red RJ's emails today. Make sure you reach out to us. We love to hear from you. We'll read your takes, give you feedback. You see how it goes. You can also find us on socials at Hub with MCs, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. The Facebook page is just the name of the podcast. Our pre-game streams are there and on YouTube and also on Twitter. By the way, Facebook page, good growth. We gained like 50 followers this month just on Facebook. And we don't even really do anything. Uh, but still follow because the streams are there. You can also find Jack on Twitter at jackson NBA. You can follow me at Sam LaFranceNBA. NBA. It's it for us. Let's